It's time for Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network. Driven by the Hess Toy Truck, here's Lance Meadow. Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point is brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. American-made Peerless Boilers. Go to peerlessboilers.com for a dealer near you. P-S-E-N-G. We make things work for you. And brought to you by Mercedes-Benz, official luxury vehicle of the New York Giants. Visit mbusa.com today. We'll be bringing in Bob Papa and Carl Banks in a second who called tonight's game as we are recapping the Giants' 26-16 loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Giants start off the season 0-1. Pittsburgh now has won 10 in a row on Monday Night Football. We'll get into a lot of the statistics and trends over the course of the postgame show as well as hear from head coach Joe Judge and a number of players as they get set to speak to the media And Bob, I think the biggest turning point of this game, it goes without saying, is when the Giants had that 19-play drive for 87 yards late in the third quarter. It's a 16-10 game, an opportunity to perhaps move in front. And an issue that had plagued Daniel Jones and the Giants last season was turnovers. They were dead last with the Chargers in turnover differential, unfortunately coming back to bite them at the worst possible time. Daniel Jones in year number two, you know, making uh, his 13th start, He's got to be smarter than that with the football. You have another play to play with there. It's not the last play of the game. And, you know, Bud Dupree was all over him throughout the course of the night. And he's got to get that ball parked out of bounds and see what you can do. And then the sequencing of that, Lance, uh, now Pittsburgh gets the touchback. And they start moving the ball out. And Bradbury forces the fumble. And the Giants, they had three or four players there. They couldn't get it. Juju Smith-Schuster gets the ball, Pittsburgh winds up going down and scoring, and that was the ball game call right there. That that sequence, that change of events right there just derailed any chance for the Giants to win this game. Yeah, and, you know, when you're playing a team like the Steelers, you've got to be buttoned up, and you've got to be so attention to detail. You've got to have that in-game and situational awareness. And obviously, you've got to create your own luck, too. But when you've got four guys around the ball and one guy comes in and gets it, that's not good. You've you've got to be better. And, again, these are teachable moments. Um, The one that's going to stand out to me, and there are a few, but your quarterback who takes your team down the field with his heels in the shadows of the goal line Gets you in scoring position, there's a defender in pursuit, and you turn back into the defender. There's nothing good that can come from that. You know he's coming. You can feel it. You just got to run out of bounds, throw it out of bounds, live to fight another day because you just took your team down the field 80-something yards. You cannot let that end up in a bad play. And then where he was trying to throw the football, it was a ton of Steelers in the area anyway. So the likelihood of him even completing that was a hope and a prayer. Yeah, I mean, the first interception by T.J. Watt, you know what, I'm going to chalk that up with, you know, Watt had been, been bringing pressure. They did one of those famous Dick LeBeau, Pittsburgh zone blitzes. Watt dropped back in coverage, jumped in a passing lane. All right, that's still, you know, a young quarterback not sensing. But the, the second interception – is just one you can't have when you're fighting up in class, right? Yeah. 
Uh, we gave you all the numbers about Pittsburgh's defense and how good they were last year and how bad they were offensively because Roethlisberger didn't play in 14 of the 16 games. Well, Ben's back. You know they're going to be better offensively. Um, when you're fighting up in class like this, those are little things that you just you can't do. The other thing, Carl, that jumps out at me is you know, you get that they had good field position a couple times. You get these negative plays in the run game. But I'll go back to the first series. You know, the guy muffs the punt. He got a first and goal at the three. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was a poor throw by Jones, a poor route run by Ingram, but that thing was set up for a score. And, again, when you're punching up in class, you can't miss those chances and settle for three against the Steelers. Correct. And then that's it, that's a timing play also. Evan Ingram was tasked with uh, being an extra blocker. But once he saw that the guy was blocked, he's got to immediately pivot out and make himself available for the quarterback. And that's timing. He was too late getting back out there, and he was almost at the line of scrimmage with nothing to do. Teachable, yes, but you would have loved to have that executed in a game like today. Lance Meadow, Bob Papa, Carl Banks with you here. As we are recapping the Giants' 26-16 loss to the Steelers, we are going to be getting to your phone calls at 877-337-6666. You can also reach us on Twitter using hashtag GiantsChat as we'll look to answer your questions and get your feedback along the way here. And both of you guys are just touching on missed opportunities, which is a huge theme because really the opportunities came fast and furious right at the beginning of this game. There's a Steelers team that had been well-disciplined. We talked about the continuity at the beginning of the game. Unlike the Giants, the bulk of the roster returning and Deontay Johnson muffing the punt. So the Giants all of a sudden take over where they're knocking on the door of the end zone and not able to score a touchdown there. And also on top of that, guys, when you talk about the turnovers, the fact that the Steelers put up nine points off of the two Giants mishaps and the Giants only had three points off of that one Steelers mishap. This is a Steelers team that does not give you many layups. To use a basketball analogy, when they do, you have to fully say, thank you very much, we'll take it from here. And that was another big difference maker between both of these teams tonight. Yeah, no no doubt about it, Lance. And, uh, you know, the other thing was, Carl, it's not as if the Giants were losing the field position battle in this game all right. night. You know, they, they got a couple nice returns from Peppers. They You know, they had some nice starting position. And then, boom, you know, you lose four yards on a Barkley carry right out of the gate. You know, then, then there was a false start in one situation. The penalties weren't too bad. But uh, this run game uh, is something that, Look, we knew it was going to be a work in progress. Mark Colombo is the new offensive line coach, but it's got to be better than this. And I know this was a really tough front that they were going against, but I think you got to be a little bit concerned by some of the – and it's it's not just the O-linemen, the, the tight ends too, because they're part of this. And, and Barkley missing a big blitz pickup. Like these are all little details that you talk about that have to get fixed fast. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, they're a young team. Whether they get fixed fast or not, they have to get fixed. And um, or if not, it's going to be a long season. And I think Barkley is too good of a football player uh, to have limited to the yardage that he has, and to, to have, quite frankly, the communication errors with the tackle on against pressure. He's got to be better than that. Um, they've got to be better than that. And you know, offensively, you know, Nick Gates struggled tonight. He struggled tonight, and they, I mean, to have that many, I think they may have had seven or eight tackles for loss or no gain. 
And you just can't have that when you have a guy like Barkley. Yeah, I mean, it's it's because that's sort of the engine that gets things going, and Pittsburgh was selling out to stop the run, which led to the play action and the Darius Slayton 41-yard sure. touchdown. But at some point – They're like, ah, oh, you're bluffing. You're not going to run the ball. Yeah, so now you're going back to running it, and you're losing three yards and four yards every first down carry, and now suddenly it felt like – for a big stretch in this ball game, it was a lot of second and thirteen. Yeah, and that's that's and a you, hard I mean, way to get, win. You get off schedule against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're just asking for trouble um, because you're just having trouble blocking them. And then, you know, when you look on the defensive side of the football, um, they found two plays that worked against the Giants. It was the vertical crossing route, shallow crossers, um, got them every time they needed it, and then the rub route. The little and they they weren't picks, but they were just scissors routes, and the Giants' defensive backs could not communicate who's going to be up and who's going to be back, and so they just run into each other in their coverage. You know, one guy has to stay up, and one guy has to let you know let him clear through, and they just did not execute that well either. Quar- Fixable. Quarterback was sacked twice, but the Steelers registered eleven tackles for losses. There's your story right there. 11. we got to get it back to Lance. Absolutely. And, guys, related to that, the Giants' power report brought to you by PSE&G, committed to providing safe, reliable energy now and in the future. The Giants, because of those 11 tackles for loss by the Steelers, just 20 carries for 29 yards. Barkley, 15 for 6 yards. And this is the money statistic. Eight of those 15 runs resulted in negative yardage. We will certainly get more into the ground game struggles for the Giants and how that contributed to their 26-16 loss to the Steelers on Monday Night Football. We will be back right after this. You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck. First and 10 at the 41. Jones in a play fake. Deep ball down the middle of the field. Looking for his receiver, and he's got him for the touchdown. Darius Slayton on the post, and the Giants get their first touchdown of 2020. It's a 41-yard strike. Jones to Slayton. That was the play of the game brought to you by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the New York Giants. One of two touchdown passes to Darius Slayton over the course of this game as he essentially picked up where he left off in 2019. Slayton had eight receiving touchdowns last season that tied Tennessee wideout A.J. Brown for the most receiving touchdowns by a rookie. As we welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point, Bob Papa, Carl Banks, Lance Meadow with you as we are recapping the Giants' 26-16 loss to the Steelers as the Giants start the season off 0-1. They'll look to regroup on the road against the Bears in last than a week. A reminder, for more game analysis, check out Giants Rewind with Carl Banks and John Schmelk on all your favorite podcast platforms, Giants.com and the Giants mobile app the day after every Giants game. We are going to open up the phone lines here at 877-337-6666. You can also head to Twitter, hashtag Giants Chat. We've got Tony in the Bronx. He joins us here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. What's happening, Tony? Hey, how's it going tonight? Doing very well. What's on your mind? I'm doing pretty good. So, listen, my only concern is that I am so happy. You said they're so happy? He's so happy. Well, apparently he's a man of very few words this evening. Yeah. Uh-uh. I'll tell you one positive uh, that that I saw as an addition to this defense 
was Blake Martinez. Ooh, yeah. He was as active of an inside linebacker as we've seen in a long time, making tackle after tackle. He did a really good job in the defense, um, and you can see the upgrade right away with him on the field. Yeah, I thought Martinez played well. I thought uh, Lorenzo Carter had an active game. Uh, the guys up front got some pressure on Roethlisberger. Yep. Uh, I thought that was a positive for the Giants. Um, I, I wouldn't say Bradbury had his A game for sure. No. Um, now there was some communication issues where he got picked off a couple times. We've talked about the cornerback position as the opposite corner as far as you know how they're going to deal with that. I thought Ballantyne was a little shaky tonight. Yeah, I mean, but when you look at it, he didn't give anything up big, but he didn't stop the necessary plays. So you you look at that and say, well, that's teachable. And we'll see if he learns from it. Just understanding down and distance, understanding not giving up a big play doesn't mean you can accept a comeback route either for a first down. You've got to be more locked in on your technique. But again, first year starter, let's see if he continues to grow. Lance, what else you got for us? Well, let's head back to the phone lines. We've got Robbie in Lenox, Massachusetts on the line. Robbie, what do you have for us? Hey, guys. How are you, Lance? How are you, Carl? How are you, Bob? It's good to talk to you guys again and another year of Giants misery. But anyway, a couple of things. First of all, I agree with you. I saw some really nice things from some players tonight. Um, so a really good game for Lorenzo Carter. I thought Martini's played well. Here's my problem, okay? And believe me, I know I know people are going to get on me about this, but I was not happy with the hiring of Jason Garrett as offensive coordinator. I saw him stink in Dallas for a lot of years. Here's my problem, all right? But the biggest turning point to me is not only Danny Jones has got to be able to not throw that. He's got to throw the ball away. He's got to be able to do situational. I understand Carl's exactly right. You have to know the situation. You're second down. But here's my question for you. Second down and three. Where was that? The six-yard line? Mm-hmm. Something like that. How about a bunch formation? You take the ball to Barkley. Keep it simple. The other thing that bothers me is Evan Ingram. I just I don't get this guy. I don't know whether this guy's ever going to be a player or not. But, I mean, it's frustrating because a minute 39 seconds left in the half, can you not let them go down the field and play a prevent? If we're putting pressure on Roethlisberger, and, and at that time, you know, the Giants were really showing me some competitive edge at there, and then all of a sudden they go right down the field and you take away the fact that they could have gone in at the end of the half. But I just don't understand the play calling from uh, at, that, at that point. From second down, you got two, two chances to make three yards, and you have Danny, uh, Daniel Jones running to the outside and throwing the ball right into the entire Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Well, so, I, I mean, mean, but I did see some let, well, definite improvements tonight. Yeah, see, I here's where we're going to disagree. I thought yeah. that Garrett had a pretty good plan, and okay. I thought they I thought they had the Steelers off balance with some of their formations. Sure. They did um, it first. You're right, Bob. And, and I, even on that drive, I mean, it was a 19 was a play, 87 drive. yard drive. Yeah. That that that's not a play call. That's a decision making by the quarterback. Uh, all right, you're trying to use their strength and and use it against them. Jones right. gets out of contain. It's not like Bud Dupree is someone he hadn't seen all night. He's right, just right. he's got to just be smarter with the football. Once he right, take care of the football. Looked like uh, Sam Darnold last year with the Jets just chucking it in the air. Yeah, well, I mean, his hand got hit, but you know, he's got to just. He can't, Carl. You said it. You can't turn back into a guy that's pursuing you. That's pro, that not probably is a better athlete than you. Well, yeah, because number one, the reason you're out of the pocket is because he chased you out of the pocket. So why would you turn back into a Rottweiler and let him bite you? Just get out of bounds or throw the ball away. Um, here's the other thing too. 
yep. the threat the threat of Saquon Barkley out of any formation as a runner just wasn't fooling anybody. I think they had done their job uh, in terms of just nullifying Saquon Barkley, and they knew that, you know, whatever the formation was going to be, they had something to stop them because this offensive line just was not getting any movement. So And the tight ends, too. you got to throw that why, in the why mix is, here. What did, yeah, and what the tight ends. On a minute, 30, 39 seconds left, what did you see defensively that you didn't like? Well, defensively, they couldn't stop anybody when they needed to. I mean, they run into each other on rub routes, uh, so that's a communication issue. Um, they gave up a big run, uh, and that's a lapse of technique because they had been decent for 85% of the run game, and then they give up those big chunk plays, which are, you know, I, I don't think they were doing anything different. I just think the Giants were just laps uh, in some of those in some on some of those plays. They got comfortable and, and not not paying attention. Appreciate the phone call. Lance, you got anybody else? Well, what I wanted to uh, bring up in connection to that was I think the biggest difference between the Steelers and the Giants, specifically on that last drive right before the end of the half, guys, is the continuity factor, which I think was evident in some of Thursday and Sunday's games. The Steelers, I know Ben Roethlisberger coming back from an injury, but you know, in order to execute a two-minute drill like that, that's when you got guys returning who have been on the offense for the last few seasons and understand the concepts compared to the Giants, which have relatively new personnel, at least on the defensive side of the ball, when you look at the makeup of this roster right now. Yeah, I mean, listen, there are going to be some teachable moments. Now, whether there is learning as a result of this, we'll find out next week because we know in the NFL – if something's working, the next team's going to try it on you. And, sure. You know, with what we saw last year with the tight ends, they're, they're going to see a lot of crossing routes. They're going to see a lot of rub routes because that's what has worked against the Giants' man-to-man defense. So if they don't stop it, we know it's going to be discussed. Yeah, and on that big third down, Ebram, you know, yep. at the end of the first half, they got him isolated on Peppers, and he won the battle. And, and conversely – that's, I think, a thing if you're a Giants fan you have to be frustrated about tonight is your tight end is supposed to be that same matchup problem. Yeah. And Ingram wasn't that matchup problem. Well, he wasn't. And, you know, in terms of Peppers and, and, and that big crossing route, you could see Peppers' eyes were not where they were supposed to be. And you can't be a spectator. If you're in coverage, you got to take your coverage right away or else it results in those types of plays. Um, and then again – with Evan Ingram, we talk about the uh, play down on the goal line where he's a blocker and then he, he's supposed to pivot out. He's wide open if he if he times that right, and he didn't. So it's one game. We knew that this would not be a, um, a masterpiece because there is too many moving parts, but let's see if they start to get some cohesion as a unit. Let's head back to the phone lines. We got Danny in Long Beach. Danny, welcome to the program. What do you got for us? Yes, hi. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Um, I, uh, you know, as a longtime Giants fan uh, who's been suffering, uh, I was actually encouraged by tonight's performance. I, I think, uh, especially defensively, I'll echo the same comments in concerning uh, Blake Martinez. I thought um, him and Fackrell were, uh, were all over the place. And as far as the team concept on defense, I, I certainly noticed that the Giants were swarming to the football. 
Um, and that is coachable. Um, it seemed like they weren't doing that uh, the past few seasons. They were they were um, they were seven or eight guys swarming to the to the ball at all times defensively. Although I will disagree, Carl, uh, with with your um, uh, uh, assessment of Corey Bounty, and I thought he was uh, getting uh, abused, especially in the second half. It, it looked like you know the Giants were in the game going into the half, and then uh, looked like uh, Tomlin and the and the Steelers' offense found the weakness, and and they were going to Deontay Johnson and Juju uh, Smith-Schuster all night on Ballantine's side, um, and then as far as offensively, which Saquon Barkley. And Jason Garrett's new scheme, I, I believe Dallas uh, ran a, a, a zone-type uh, running game with uh, Zeke last year and, and the other years. And it looked like the Giants' offensive line was were taking zone steps um, in their blocking scheme, which I don't believe they did last year. They weren't doing traditional downhill uh, firing out uh, blocks and scoop blocks and, and things like that. And I think – against a team like the Steelers who, who present a, a 30 front and a 50 front a lot, they would just shoot in the gaps and, and they would really sniffing out those, uh, those, those plays on uh, Barkley. So I don't know. If, I, I think that might be more of a schematic uh, situation with the Giants offensive line. And, um, you know, it, it, zone steps against a team like that um, weren't, you know, weren't being very effective tonight. No, you're absolutely right. And I asked Howard about that as well, because when you get a, a three-man front and you got two linebackers off the, off the football, you've got to be able to run some traps, some counter, and even some direct vertical runs to make those guys step up. You don't want them blowing up gaps. You want to be able to man-on-man them. And, you know, the zone, they just they ate it alive. So you're absolutely right there. Um and then, you know, if, if they feel so strongly about the zone concept, your offensive lineman cannot be getting pushed into the background, into the backfield, which happened a lot. I mean, you talk about four-yard loss after four-yard loss, two-yard loss. That means your guys are not zone scheming. You're just getting blown up. So that has to improve. Yeah, and uh, it's not even like these negative carries by Barkley were him – you know, dancing around a little bit back there. I mean, he was getting hit on the handoff. Yeah. I mean, it's so it's it's not like well, there was a hesitance from Barkley and he wasn't being decisive. It was like you got no shot. And again, I'll go back to the tight ends. I mean, they had a lot of three tight ends. That group has to do a better job of of, of holding their blocks and doing their responsibilities no, as they, well. They really do. And this is again, this is one of the the better defensives, more aggressive defensive fronts. They won't all be like this, but you can you can rest assured that whatever was working against this uh, giant run game, you'll see it from a lot more teams. Well, I mean, look at next week. They're going to have the Bears. That's a good front. Yep. And then the following week, they got San Francisco coming in. That's a good front. Yeah. So they're going to get tested right out of the gate here. And, you know, the, the, I, I say the one thing in their favor uh, as a young team we cannot question their effort for 60 minutes. They played hard. Their execution was not good, but their effort, I will tell you, uh, will carry them will carry them through some tough games when they get in their weight class. Right now, they were punching above their weight class, and they needed to do a lot of things perfect, and they did not. Um, but their effort was there, and, and they're going to need that. 
Yeah, to your point, next week, the defensive line that the Bears are going to showcase includes a guy by the name of Khalil Mack, one of the elite pass rushers in the NFL. We'll see whether or not Robert Quinn will play in that game. He's somebody they just added in free agency who was with the Dallas Cowboys last season. We will step aside when we come back. We'll continue to get more of your reaction at 877-337-6666. Hashtag Giants chat on Twitter. We'll also lately hear from Joe Judge, get his perspective on what happened in the Giants' first game of the season as they fell to the Steelers 26-16. More coming your way right after this. You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the double. Slayton split left. Shepard in a slot left. Ratley in the slot right. Jones takes the snap, throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Darius Slayton on the slant. His second touchdown catch of the ball game. Now the Giants have to go for two here with 1.52 to go. We welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Darius Slayton with two touchdowns in this game for the Giants, but they were unable to convert on that two-point conversion and fell to the Steelers 26-16 at MetLife Stadium in the opener on Monday Night Football. Big Blue Kickoff Live is the Giants' daily call-in show on Giants.com every weekday from 12 to 1. The archive can also be found on the Giants' mobile app and on all popular podcast platforms. With Bob Poppett, Carl Banks, I'm Lance Meadow as we are recapping what transpired in game number one for the Giants. And guys, earlier we were talking about the turning point being the turnover by Daniel Jones as he was hit by Bud Dupree. Ball went straight up in the air. Cam Hayward recording his first career interception. But then on the ensuing possession for the Steelers after Benny Snell had a 21-yard run, he coughed up the football. And Bob, you brought up the fact that Juju Smith-Schuster recovered it, even though there were about four or five Giants in the vicinity. I know a lot of people have brought up the point that Juju Smith-Schuster should have not been eligible to recover the ball since he stepped out of play. And I wanted to bring that up because according to the rule book, if the player that steps out of bounds then reestablishes himself in play, he is then entitled to recover the football. I don't know if you guys had a better angle perhaps through the replays. I don't think there was definitive, conclusive evidence that he reestablished himself, but probably if that was reviewed it probably would have been upheld, and I don't see how they would have overturned that call. Well, I'm glad you gave me clarification. I didn't know if you could just run out of bounds and jump back in and get it, even if you didn't establish yourself. So that's good to know. Well, I mean, in a situation like that, Lance, I mean, there was enough of a scramble and there was enough replays that the giant coaches obviously were taking a look at it, and uh, they determined that, I'm guessing they determined that they felt you know, he had come back in and established himself. Yeah. I, I mean, what happens if if he didn't? Where does the ball go? Goes Does it go back to the line of scrimmage? Um, he had the ball, so I, I don't even know what you do if you say it was illegal touching. Well, and that would have been the call. Illegal touching would have been the call, exactly as you said, Carl. went back to the line of scrimmage? I'd have to look up in terms of the clarification of where the ball would have reverted back to. But clearly, it was an opportunity for many sure. Giants to recover the ball, regardless of what the rule book says. That's number one that can't be overlooked. Yeah. 
And number two, it's about those small little things that, you know, we talked about right off the top of the postgame show here. That's the difference between gaining and losing momentum. You're down by six. You have an opportunity to punch it in. Then all of a sudden you have an opportunity to recover the football after it looked like the Steelers were going to march down the field and score a touchdown. And those are two back-to-back missed opportunities. No, you're you're right, Lance. And again, you're you're – Punching above your weight class, so you got to do a lot of things right. And when you get your opportunities, you've got to take advantage of them, or else what happens tonight will happen more often than not. When you're playing against a team with a winning pedigree and you're a team that's trying to establish yourself. Let's head back to the phone lines at 877-337-6666. Joe is in Albany, and he joins us here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. What's happening, Joe? Hey, how you doing, guys? Um, I, I didn't have any issue with Jason Garrett's game plan tonight. I thought he had a fine game plan. My, my biggest issue with the offense is just Evan Engram. Every year, I read preseason Matchup nightmare. The guy's going to be a difference maker. And the only people he's given nightmares are Giants fans. I mean, the guy's dropping balls, missing blocks, getting penalties, killing drives. At what point do they make Caden Smith the number one tight end? Or give the other guy a little more run to get the catch? Defensively, I'm very pleased with the effort altogether. thought the game plan was very good. Um... I didn't see – how many plays did uh, Logan Ryan have tonight? Did he, did he play a lot? Uh, he was out there. He, got, the, he got out there more as the game went on, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I thought the defense played pretty well. Um, all, all things, particularly the front seven. I was very impressed with the with the linebackers and the uh, Carter. I mean, wow, what, what a game. I, I thought he played really well. But just Evan Ingram just – it drives me insane because I keep hearing about its potential and it just never seems to step up. Well, I get it. I get what you're saying 100%, and he's got to. I mean, Bob, what did you – I heard you on your show this morning. What does the NFL stand for after the first game? National Fake You Out League. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we're going we're gonna to find out whether, you know, this bad game was something of an aberration or if we're, we're being faked out here um, – by Evan Ingram's talent, I tend to believe he's going to get it together under this regime. I just do. Um, but I, I get it. I mean, we have we, we are going by what we see. And what you've seen thus far gives you reason to, to question that. So it's up to him to change the perception. I, and, I, and I feel like I'm biased. I never liked the pick altogether. I thought the pass catching tight end in that spot was – but that's another conversation. But, yeah, I hope so too because uh, I, I think – Things are looking better. We're not there yet, but things seem to be looking sure. better. Appreciate the phone call. Thanks right. for weighing in, Joe. You got it. Let's head back to the lines, and we check in with Jason in Greensboro, North Carolina. Jason, welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Hey, what's going on, man? I just wanted to uh, say thank you. And uh, Carl Banks, man, I'm a, uh, I'm a big fan, man. I, I collect your rookie card, man. So oh, thank you, man. appreciate y'all doing this. But um, tonight with the game, man, I'm, I'm – I'm, I hate to say like uh, a moral victory because there's no such thing as that. You know, we we took the we took the L tonight, but um, I think we're headed in the right direction, man. The, the small details, and I feel like that that was the difference tonight. The, the small details, the the we 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 came out there with a good effort. We came out there, um, 
grinded and, and played and tried to play some good football. And it's the first week, and I'm, I'm looking forward to, to to the rest of the season. And that's 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 a um, I had an issue with the, the the call, the fumble call, but hey, you guys answered that, and it is what it is. You can't leave it. You can't leave it up to those plays. So uh, that's about it. All right, Jason. Thanks so much for the phone call. Appreciate it. You know, getting back to, guys, what we were talking about earlier with respect to the missed opportunities, specifically on the interception by Daniel Jones, when you look at the numbers, because of that 19-play, 87-yard drive that ate up 8-15, just to put things in perspective, the Giants only had three possessions in the second half. So when you take up all of that amount of time... Right, and get no points... It's a double whammy against yeah. you, Lance. You're 100% right. You go on this long 19-play drive that uses almost nine minutes of the clock, and you come away with zip in a six-point game at that point. I mean, it's it's the double whammy. Well, yeah, and they come down and score. Right. So, I mean, it's it's – again, I mean, this is a work in progress, folks. I don't think we expected a masterpiece out here. Um Tough opponent. They learned a lot about themselves. Uh, I don't think we can sit and make excuses. They're pro football players, and there is an expectation. But there are some there are some positives. Again, I tell you, the effort was there. The execution wasn't. Um, there were some good plays out there. I mean, we saw how disruptive Leonard Williams could be. We saw with the addition of Martinez can do we saw we're witnessing the maturation of Lorenzo Carter but the back end of the defense again has to be cleaned up like when you have um, a good pass rush and you get in down and distance situations where your pass rush can help your defensive backs it's great but when they start running those rubs and crossing routes your pass rush can't get there that means your coverage has to be tighter And that's exactly why we saw Juju Smith-Schuster take advantage, especially in that drive right before the end of the half in which the Steelers were able to capitalize and pad their lead as the Giants fell to the Steelers 26-16 in week number one. We'll step aside. Coming up, we hope to hear from head coach Joe Judge, get his take on what happened in game number one for Big Blue. And we'll also get into more of what the Giants could do as they look to make tweaks entering game number two against the Chicago Bears. 877 Seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Your tweets at hashtag Giants Chat. Lance Meadow, Bob Papa, Carl Banks with you as we move forward recapping the Giants' first game of the season. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck. Welcome back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. As we move along here, recapping the Giants' 26-16 loss to the Steelers. Bob Papa, Carl Banks, Lance Meadow with you. We've been focusing on a variety of topics, specifically on the ground attack, how the Giants struggled to win in the trenches. And guys, let's squeeze in a few tweets here as we also hit up the phones. Hashtag Giants chat on Twitter. This one coming in from Reggie. And he asks, do the Giants have enough talent 
on the offensive line to make a dramatic improvement moving forward. We were talking about earlier, this was Nick Gates' first career start at center. You had the rookie left tackle and Andrew Thomas, as well as Cam Fleming. And we are going to get thoughts on the offensive line in a second. But right now, we are joined on the phone lines by the man who led the Giants in tackles this evening with 12 tackles, 8 solo, none other than Giants linebacker Blake Martinez. Blake, you got Lance Meadow, Bob Papa, Carl Banks here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. We appreciate the time following the game. This was your first opportunity to get out there with your teammates. No preseason games. I know you had some familiarity with Patrick Graham from your days in Green Bay, but from a communication perspective, the fact that you only had training camp practices, what was it like there to get out there tonight, and what did you think of the overall communication between you and your teammates? Yeah, and once again, thanks for having me on. Um, I think overall, communication-wise, uh, was really good. And I think overall, we knew the game plan. We knew what we had to do. Um, we got all on the right checks. Um, I think the biggest thing for us that's going to end up being evident once we watch the film is just the fundamentals. I think overall, we um, ended up hurting ourselves uh, more than we let them hurt us. We're talking with Blake Martinez, Blake Bob Papa here. Um, obviously, you've been practicing against your own teammates. Um, to get this under your belt now, going against different colors, a different team in a live format, what are some of the things that you learned from tonight and that you are, take as a real positive coming off this? Yeah, I think the biggest thing was obviously uh, playing in a game with no fans, um, obviously having that different dynamic um, first game uh, with the team. Just the biggest thing that – as a collective group that I think we got better at throughout the game was just adapting to what they were trying to change and what they were trying to do, um, seeing what they were trying to do, relaying it completely to every one of us. Um, where at certain moments, if we were, could have been quicker and did those things, um, certain plays wouldn't have happened. Um, so I think as we keep progressing in the season, as long as we can have that continue, um, I think it's going to be a very positive thing for us. Blake, Carl Banks. The effort, I thought, was excellent. I don't think uh, you guys were left solo on many tackles. There were a lot of guys to the football. I thought the pass rush was good. But I I did notice that you you talked about communication being good, but the fundamental and the technique breakdowns were there. I noticed on some of the rub routes, uh, guys were running into each other, and then some of the vertical crossing routes where a guy had too much cushion and they were able to get keep some drives going there. Are those things that are easily correctable? Yeah, I think so. I think it comes down to, like I was saying, being able to recognize what they're trying to do quicker um, in those situations because um, I think they happened a good amount of times and be able to see it. And then, like you said, just the communication aspect and fundamental aspect of understanding uh, what those formations are and how they're going to pick and being able to be at different levels and doing those things to allow yourself to be able to be in a more advantageous um, position on those plays. He is Giants linebacker Blake Martinez joining us here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Blake, greatly appreciate the time and the insight. Best of luck moving forward and look forward to talking to you down the road. Thanks again. Yep, thanks guys. So Blake Martinez weighing in with us here on the Giants' 26-16 loss to the Steelers. Joe Judge did also address the media in the coach's press conference brought to you by Mercedes-Benz, official luxury vehicle of the New York Giants. Visit MBUSA.com today. Let's listen to the Giants head coach. 
first analysis of Daniel's performance and then what you saw on the interception down by the goal line? Well, you know what? I mean, first off, I like the way he played aggressive, okay? He stood in the pocket. It was obviously a strong rush coming at him all night. He played confident in there. He stood there as long as he could. He delivered some good, accurate passes for us. He had two throws I know he wants back, you know, down at the goal line. That's something we can't have happen. Uh, look, I'll talk to Daniel a little bit more about it. I'll watch the tape, make sure we clean up everything involved. That's definitely something you can't have. 19-play drive and come with no points, especially down there in a low red. That's not acceptable, uh, but I'm proud of the way he played aggressive. I'm proud of the way this team on the bench stuck together. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Dan. Chris. Hey, Coach. Uh, big play early in the game. You, you recovered a muff punt. And that third down play, looked like Ingram was trying to kick out there. Did Jones miss him, or did Ingram not right run the proper route? You know what? I got to check the tape on that one before I give you a final answer on that. Uh, I just know that in that situation right there, we want to come away with seven points. Uh, we got the field goal down there. It was an opportunistic play by the special teams, you know, taking advantage of, you know, a muff punt. That's something we were kind of figuring was going to happen at some point in this early games, all right, with some of the guys not getting preseason experience. We were ready for it. Our guys took advantage of it. They did a good job getting on the ball and advancing it to get our offense, you know, position. But, you know, we've got to come away with better points than just three right there. Pat Leonard. Hey, Joe, obviously the Steelers were keying on Saquon Barkley in the running game, but what do you guys have to do better? What can you control to succeed there and keep that going and win some battles? Specifically with what, Pat? With Saquon? In the run game, the offensive line, and just getting the run game going and not letting guys blow up into the backfield. Yeah, you know, every week's going to be a little bit of a different challenge based on the scheme we're going to see. That's obviously a very talented front we play tonight. But, look, we're going to stay aggressive with the run game. All right, Saquon's a key part of our team. You know, he's going to be a difference maker in how successful his team's going to be. So we're going to stay with him. We have a lot of confidence in him. I have a tremendous amount of confidence in our offensive line. You know, look, we're going to watch the tape. We're going to clean up what we have to. It's going to be a different opponent next week with a little bit different challenge. But it's obviously something we have to improve on in the run game. That's not something we're going to shy away from. We have to improve on that. But, listen, I have all the confidence in the players, the offensive line, the skill players, and we're going to keep leaning on these guys. And that's how we're going to have success with the men we have in the locker room right now. Thanks. Zach? Hey, hey, Joe. Um, how do you feel like your your cornerbacks played? I know you had a few different guys that lined up uh, against Juju in particular and a couple of the touchdowns. Uh, one of them was Isaac was covering them. And I'm just curious how you felt like those guys did, especially in a tough spot tonight. You know, I thought overall they competed for 60 minutes. You know, this is a team that makes a lot of explosive plays. I think Pat was able to limit some of the production early on, really do a good job against the run game early on, force me one-dimensional, put a lot of pressure on Ben. Uh, that was good for our defense. That limited some of the exposure the guys had. They made adjustments. They're a good team. They're going to take shots down the field. That's a very talented team. It's a very talented offensive skill group. You know, when you play the Steelers, you have to understand they're going to make plays. You know, these are talented guys. They're a good team for a reason. They're going to make their plays. you just got to stay disciplined and committed to the process and eventually work to make more. Thanks, Jeff. Ralph? Hey, Joe. Um, I think with Saquon, I think it was the 10 of his 15 carries, he was hit behind the line of scrimmage. Eight of them went for negative yards. Um, when you hear that and see that, is that all the offensive line? And also, when, you're, when that's happening, I know you want to stick with the run, but does it kind of hurt you more than it helps you? just to even try to run at that point? I think you have to have confidence in the game plan and stick with it as long as you can. There's going to be certain adjustments you have to make in the game based on how the opponent's playing you. But, you know, we're not going to give up on the run. We have confidence in our offensive line. We have a lot of confidence in our backs. 
you know, we're going to give Saquon the ball a good bit. He's an integral part to how we're going to be successful. I got to look at the tape before I give a lot of final answers. A lot of things you see on the field. I don't want to overreact emotionally. I want to watch the tape, clear it up, make sure I have all the information. Obviously, it's something we have to clean up, but I have confidence in our offensive coaches and our offensive personnel that we're going to make those adjustments. We're going to clean it up. We're going to come back strong and make improvements going forward. Lombardo. Sorry, Joe. Uh, I'm there. Oh, go ahead, Art. Go ahead, Art. Um, Joe, specifically, uh, the way you guys played up front defensively, um, do you think that you guys ran out of a little gas in the second half? It seemed like uh, Leonard specifically and Lorenzo were really causing havoc. Uh, and then in the second half, it seemed like the Steelers were able to kind of give Ben some time and, and make things happen that, that really cost you down the stretch. You know, there's no excuses there. I mean, look, both teams had the same opportunities to prepare, the same, you know, circumstance to play in. We've talked about it throughout the weeks. It's the first time anyone's had an opportunity to be out there for the duration of time we have had today. Um, I thought our guys overall had good conditioning. Uh, but towards the end, you saw both teams a little bit winded, and they were able to make some plays at the right time. You know, you give Ben an opportunity to sit on back there. Eventually, he's going to find somebody to make some plays. So, look, I'm proud of the way the front played, especially early on. They were able to be disruptive, create some havoc. You know, I love the energy they played with. Um, look, throughout the year, we're going to have to improve our condition. And nobody right now is in a full game condition in the league. So, you know, across the league, you watch 32 teams. All 32 are going to have to consistently work on that over these next four weeks to really get in that game shape for the duration of the season. Thanks, Joe. Lombardo. Hey, Joe. Hey, Matt. Um, I'm curious, watching Nick Gates and Cam Fleming tonight, it looked like maybe they kind of struggled with some of the stunts that Pittsburgh threw at them up front. Just curious your thoughts on them and, and, and kind of how you can get better in that regard moving forward, especially against another tough pass rusher in Khalil Mack next week. Yeah, we definitely have a tough front to face next week. You know, the only way we can improve on that, Matt, is really just by going out there every day in practice and putting our players in the, in the positions they're going to have to play in in the game. So we have to do a better job as coaches of, of giving them the looks they're going to see. Pittsburgh's a good team. They make adjustments. They're not going to stay on one front throughout the game. They're going to give you different looks. Chicago's going to be much of the same story. So we've got to do a good job, start with myself, of making sure our players see everything they're going to face possible. Thanks. we got time for two more, Jordan. And Dunleavy, Jordan. Hey, Joe. What did they hey, do Joe. exactly to give you such a hard time in the run game? And, and was it, you know, was it what they did or was it partially, in your opinion, of, you know, your guys not performing up to what you expected? I mean, we always like to take the uh, approach, Jordan, that, you know, it's up to us to control whatever comes our way. I don't like looking at the opponent too much and thinking they're dictating anything. We have the opportunity to react and be prepared. So, you know, I've got to look at the tape and give you an exact answer later, like I said earlier. There's a lot of things I don't want to misspeak on right now and take a final look at the tape. Obviously, they had a lot of good players up front. Uh, they did some movement, did some stunts. They changed the fronts a little bit on us. But, you know, ultimately, we've got to make sure that we handle whatever comes our way. Last, last question here, Don Levy. Joe, I noticed, Joe, I noticed you stood between uh, Dalvin and Jabril as they were kneeling and put your hand on their shoulders. If you could just talk about how that came about, any pregame conversation with the team on kneeling and how you decided what you were going to do. Yeah, you know, real simple. Uh, nothing was scripted in terms of who stood next to me or, or, you know, who I was touching. But look, we made a decision as a team. We we're going to respect everybody, okay? And as a team, the thing that makes you special is you respect everybody's unique background, okay? And you can move on. 
So we went out there. We respected our players' right. Okay, we respect our players' all right choice to handle it how they wanted to handle it. I'm proud of the way our team handled it. All right, in terms of you know sticking together and not letting anything externally divide us. All right, we moved on from the anthem and then we played 60 minutes of tough football where our guys were committed to staying out there and working together in entirety. So, look to me, the players have a choice. Okay, we talked about it as a team. We had a lot of conversations. We always do. We're very transparent as a team. I respect everybody in that locker room, and they respect each other, and that's what's important. That was Giants head coach Joe Judge speaking to the media following the Giants' 26-16 loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Earlier, we spoke with Blake Martinez on the line, and that interview was brought to you by Toyota, the official vehicle of the Giants. We'll step aside when we come back. We'll hear from some other key players who contributed in Week 1 for the New York Giants, as well as look ahead to their matchup with the Bears in Week number 2. Hang tight. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck. Dixon in to punt the football away. On a fourth and six, takes the snap, reverse spin boot, fair catch signal for... And it's mopped and recovered by the Giants. It's loose on the ground, and I think the Giants have it at the one. The punt was muffed. A fair catch was called for by Deontay Johnson. It bounced off his shoulder pad. There was a mad scramble for it, and I think the Giants have it at the three-yard line. They do. Unfortunately, the Giants were not able to capitalize as they settled for a field goal once they got the ball knocking on the door in the end zone. It was also a rough day for the Giants on the ground. 20 carries are just 29 yards. Saquon Barkley, 15 carries, 6 yards. Barkley also spoke to the media. Let's take a listen. Your your stats for today weren't great. Just talk about what, what happened in the running game and, and maybe why it uh, why it didn't work very well. Um not really too concerned about the stats. You got to be credit where credit's due. Um, they have a great defense, uh, especially defensive front. Um, and they, they made some plays, and um, we, we weren't able to win the game today. Lombardo? Hey, Saquon. I think you were hit behind the line of scrimmage like 13 or 15 times tonight. Um, how much harder is it to get going when you can't get downhill against a front seven like that? And what do you guys need to do to get better going into next week? Um, we just got to go back and watch the film and learn, uh, you know, something I'm proud of about the team today uh, is uh, the way that we fought, um, especially when we were hit with adversity. Um, so we just got to go back, watch film, um, continue to believe in each other um, and uh, come ready to work next week and get ready for Chicago. Zach? Saquon, you, you talked about how you guys were going to have a lot of discussions about how you'd handle the national anthem. I know some people kneeled, some stood. I guess what were those discussions like and why did you ultimately decide uh, not to kneel during the anthem? Um, yeah, we definitely had some discussions about it, but then uh, we kind of came to agreement as a team that um, it's, it's your right to have your own decision, and you know we're gonna we're gonna stand with each other. Um, so if you stand, you stand. If you need, you need. But we all we all gonna respect each other's decisions, and you know. So uh, for me personally, um, you know, I, I respect I respect everyone that's near, and I respect everything that's going on. Uh, but I want to continue to to fall back on what I'm able to do in my community, and and and, and try to be a leader in, in that mindset, in that that aspect, and uh, try to make change that way. Um, so, you know, everyone that, that needs or stands, I kind of respect, respect it all. Um, and, I, you know, I kind of just did what I normally do. Thanks. Now, Rock. 
Saquon, that that the third quarter drive there, 19 plays comes up, you know, you come up with uh, with nothing an interception. Uh, how much of a of a backbreaker was that for the team? Um, I mean, I guess you could look back and, and say at that moment that you know that 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 hurt us, but. I mean, you don't know what could have happened in the rest of the game. We just didn't execute the rest of the game. We had a really good drive. I don't know how many plays it was. Like you said, I think you said 18 or 17. Um, and, you know, they, they made a play. Um, and at the end of the day, even after that, we still were in the game. And we still were able to, to find a way to win the game. And we didn't do that. So that's that's a, that's the most important thing is find a way to win games. And that's what we got to be able to do better. So that was Saquon Barkley speaking to the media after the Giants fell to the Steelers 26-16. to As we are here on Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point, we bring back in Bob Papa and Carl Banks before we let them go. And Saquon talking about the running game struggles, the disappointment of that lengthy drive. And, you know, connected to the rushing attack, guys, is the third downs. And they were one for six in the first half. They were seven of nine in the second half. But when you're gaining those negative yards on those early downs, that's... That's the backbreaker for any offense because now all of a sudden it's third and long after third and long, and that was pretty much the storyline at least for the bulk of the first half. Well, Lance, some of those, well, a lot of those were the equivalent of false starts. I mean, they were literally five-yard. You snap the ball and you lose five yards. And they at least in a false start, you get the down over. Yeah, and they don't get the down over. You're right. So, um you cannot have those types of plays. I mean, you can go second and 10, but you can't line up at second and 15, second and 14, second and 12. And then you're, you know, you're looking at third and eight or more if you get anything on second down. So um, they've got to get better at it. Listen, um, they gave credit to their opponent. No sense in dwelling on it. You just have to see how they come out and um, compete against a different opponent next week. That's going to be the sign of growth for this team. Yeah, and Lance, I mean, they hit their first third and long, but, you know, the, you start going to the well that many times against a team like Pittsburgh. Again, we, we talked about this all the time, which is, you know, one of the problems they've had the last couple of years. You're going against teams that are just more talented in certain areas than you are. It's a recipe for disaster. It's plain and simple. And they've got to stay, as Carl always says, they have to do a better job of staying on schedule. You know, a two-yard run on first down is okay. I mean, it's not it's not what you're looking for, but at least, you know, you're moving in the right direction. When you suddenly get behind the eight ball, that suddenly makes your – you get a negative play on first down. It makes the play calling um, tougher, and it makes the options of what you can do limited. Yep. Especially when you face a third and a 27 and a third and 18, which were two third downs and distances that they had in that first half as a result to your point of the penalties and the struggles on the ground attack in the early downs. Guys, always appreciate the time and the insight. We will speak to you next week as the Giants play the Bears in Chicago. Looking forward to it, Lance. Absolutely. And moving along here, we will hear from Daniel Jones. Jeff Fiegels will join me a little bit later on, and we'll get your reaction at 877-337-6666. Giants fall to the Steelers on Monday Night Football 26-16. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck. 
At the Geico Sports Desk with this sports update, I'm Lance Meadow. Game two of the Monday night doubleheader right now taking place in the mile high. And the Titans and the Broncos are tied at seven. Ryan Tannehill and Drew Locke, both quarterbacks in this game, have each thrown for a score. On the injury front, Colts running back Marlon Mack done for the season after he tore his Achilles in Sunday's loss to the Jaguars. Cowboys tight end Blake Jarwin also out for the year. He suffered a torn ACL in Dallas's loss to the Rams in that same game. Cowboys linebacker Leighton Van Der Esch broke his left collarbone. He'll undergo surgery and reportedly be sidelined six to eight weeks. The Browns placed tight end David Ajoku on IR with a knee injury. He could be activated as early as week five. Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas suffered a high ankle injury in Sunday's win over the Bucks. According to NFL Network, he believes he could play through the injury and suit up next Monday night against the Raiders. As that is what is happening across the NFL, we welcome you back to Mercedes-Benz Giants Extra Point. Giants fell to the Steelers 26-16 at MetLife Stadium as they start off the season 0-1. Lance Meadow with you as we are recapping all that transpired in the first game of the season. And one of the notable statistics that unfortunately haunted the Giants in 2019 was, of course, turnover differential. They were minus 17 in that department. That was tied with the Chargers for dead last. And it was turnovers that was a big part of the storyline in this game with the Giants being minus one. Two interceptions by Daniel Jones, one by T.J. Watt, the other one forced by Bud Dupree, eventually grabbed by Cam Hayward, the defensive tackle for the Steelers, who recorded his first career interception, and that came right at the end of a 19-play, 87-yard drive when the Giants were knocking on the door. The Steelers ultimately cashed that in for a field goal, and that was a huge difference maker in the contest. Speaking of drives, today's scoring drive of the game is brought to you by Investors Bank. Get the official New York Giants checking account only from Investors Bank. Visit InvestorsBank.com slash Giants for more details. The scoring drive of the game came early in the second quarter when the Giants put together a six-play, 75-yard drive that gave them a 10-3 lead. It took 2.04 off the clock. Daniel Jones strikes one 41 yards down the field to Darius Slayton, one of two touchdown passes to Slayton in this game. But after that, it was the Steelers that pretty much controlled the tone of the contest. We have plenty more coming up, including your phone calls at 877-337-6666. You could also tweet at us using hashtag GiantsChat. Jeff Fiegels will join me as we'll continue to break down the ins and outs of the Giants' 10-point loss to the Steelers on Monday Night Football. We'll be back on the fan in New York, as I mentioned in just a second. But right now, we say goodbye to the affiliates on our radio network. The final score once again, Pittsburgh 26, Giants 16. You've been listening to Giants football on the WFAN Giants Radio Network, driven by the Hess Toy Truck.